Welcome to 50 Shades of Shilamita, the podcast where nothing is off limits. As a multidimensional sovereign mom, partner, CEO, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author, I am on a mission to help more women and men become fully embodied in their sovereignty and power so they can live their truth, speak it unapologetically, and live a life free from the matrix. Each week, I will bring you episodes that will awaken you, inspire you to think outside of the box, and step into the leader that you know that you are. The world needs more people who are walking their talk and unafraid to stand in their truth, and I'm here as your guide to help you do just that. Welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Shilamita with your hostess, Shilamita. Spring is finally upon us. Thank God for those of us that are in the U.S. It is amazing what a difference daylight savings time makes and how different it is to live in New Jersey and be on the East Coast. It was seriously doom and gloom here before I left on vacation for the weekend. And now the sun is shining and it's 5.30 p.m. and it's still light out. And today happens to be my first son's birthday. I cannot believe that I blinked and suddenly have a sick year old. It is pretty wild for me. I look in the mirror and I can't even believe that I can even parent a 16 year old, but that is the way that life goes. And I'm just so grateful that I feel that I look young enough not to have a 16 year old. But this whole entire month, we have been talking about awakenings and all the different kinds of awakenings that we could go through. And so today I wanted to talk about food awakenings, because that was pretty huge for me in my life, the food awakening that happened for me. Most of my life, most of my childhood, I would say, right? And I'm at the point now where things are starting to balance. When I say most of my life, I have to kind of think about it and really, is it the first half of my, my existence or the second half of my existence? But I would say into my mid to late 20s, I was always overweight. I really never understood food. I grew up in a Russian household and in my household, we had typical Russian cuisine. It was once a week, my mom would make some kind of vegetable soup, some kind of chicken bouillon or um, a borscht. And with that would be a bunch of mayo-y type salads. I would love to hear for those of you who grew up with the same kind of background, reach out to me, let me know if you know what I'm talking about. These are the kinds of things that I ate in my household. So in high school, we were given permission to leave for lunch or there were vending machines that were in the school for lunch. I just went in the totally wrong direction on my food eating. And I would literally eat gummy bears for lunch. Twizzlers were a fan favorite. Bagels, pizza, McDonald's, you name it. The crappier it was, that's what I was consuming. And then I went to college and I moved out on my own. And that was just a total disaster. I mean, I gained so much weight. The freshman 15 put me at an edge. 
And then as I got into my 20s, I still did not really understand food. There was a point in time in my mid-20s that I did lose a bunch of weight. I was working at a gym called Curves for Women, and I was training women every day on the circuit training. And I did Weight Watchers. I was in a wedding, and I did end up losing a whole bunch of weight for myself It was in my whole entire, you know, teens and early twenties, I had never been thin, but I would say that this was probably the thinnest that I ever was. And the thinnest that I ever remember being as a child growing up. And, you know, I was also a emotional eater. So I would eat to cover my feelings. And if you've been watching or listening to the show a few weeks ago, I did a show on addictions and sabotage and, you know, the food thing, it comes up for me a lot because it's the only way that I used to know how to deal with my emotions. So now I am cycling back through these things. And, and it's interesting because I'm the happiest and calmest and at most at peace that I've ever been in my life. But for some reason, the food thing always comes up. And so when I went to acupuncture school, I was post my first son who turned 16 today. And during that pregnancy, I gained a hundred pounds, like literally gained an entire human being. I was growing a human being and I gained an entire like adult human being, right? And the reason for that is because three months prior to me getting pregnant, my father passed away. I had broken up with my ex. My father passed away April 19th. My ex and I broke up in June. We gave up our apartment. We, we split and moved out. And then July 31st, I found out I was eight weeks pregnant with my ex's baby that I split up with six weeks prior. So you can only imagine what that did for me. By the time I found out I was pregnant, I had already gained like 15 or 20 pounds. I was in like a rapid, you know, I could not control the hunger. I knew something was wrong with me, but I couldn't figure out that I was pregnant. I actually had taken three different pregnancy tests. I went to the hospital. They told me I ruptured a cyst on my ovary. I went to urgent care. Like I was having a lot of health problems at the time, but surprise, surprise, I was actually only pregnant and I had no idea. And so I spent that entire pregnancy mourning my father, mourning the fact that I was pregnant. I wanted to die. I hated life. I didn't know how to live. I didn't know what to do with this phase of my life. I ended up getting back with my ex because I decided to have the baby. The reason why I decided to have the baby is because I thought that my father was being reincarnated into this life. And so I decided that I needed to go through with this pregnancy because maybe he was coming back. And at that point I had already been deep into Kabbalah. So like this, this was where my spirituality and my awakenings were leading me. And so there was a point during that pregnancy where I was an entrepreneur and I had sold my business in December and Mikey wasn't born until March. So between January and March, I ended up starting a new business, but I also would bake trays of brownies. And by the time my ex would come home from work, I would have half the tray eaten and by the time he would leave for work the next morning, the other half of the tray would be eaten. And so after I had my son, Mikey, it took me five whole years to get rid of that hundred pounds. It was misery. I did every diet under the sun. I even took myself to an overeaters anonymous meeting because I just didn't know what was wrong with me. I could not lose the weight. At my high, I was 255 pounds. 
And I would say at around 2.14, I stalled. I could not lose a pound. So I started taking these crack cocaine diet pills. That was a lot of fun to be around me when I was doing that. And that took me down to 2.04, but I literally thought like I was going to die or kill somebody or both. So I stopped doing that. And then I went through a mini crisis at around 30 years old. And I was always very well endowed. Like I always had very big boobs. And I remember at 17 years old, I wanted to get a breast reduction and I just never did. And something came over me around 30 years old. My ex and I had already split when my son was 18 months and I decided to go get a breast reduction. And the breast reduction was just life-changing for me. It helped to reshape my entire body because they were so big and like they hung down to like my waist and it was just a, a scene and a half. And so that was a really big help in my life to like help me to look at myself in a different way. And so when I first showed up to acupuncture school, I went to acupuncture school, not because I wanted to become an acupuncturist. I went to acupuncture school because I was on the spiritual journey and I was told that going to acupuncture school was going to change my life. And so I believed that to be true. And when I showed up to the first day of acupuncture school, I had a bag of candy from the dollar store. It was a Ziploc bag with all this candy that I had bought and threw into one bag and I put it on my desk and I thought I was being like so kind and loving. And I told everybody if they wanted some candy to come over and they all kind of looked at me like I had 25 heads, right? Because these people were like, more advanced into health and healthy lifestyles and, and all the things. And I was just only beginning. And so that first year was definitely a huge awakening for me being in acupuncture school. I had this one teacher that I actually interviewed on the show several weeks ago. I think it was episode 22, um, David Mainetti. And Dave is a feng shui expert, but he was also a nutrition expert. And I remember Dave on the first day of this class, he showed up and he started decorating the desk with all of these greens like kale and bok choy and Swiss chard and and at the time I couldn't tell you what any of that stuff was right I was just kind of like what is this dude doing like and so part of what he taught us that day was the importance of fruits and vegetables and how in acupuncture school we manipulate energy right that's how we heal people we heal people by manipulating the energy of their body to take them back to homeostasis and so when we're eating past packaged goods or cooked foods or, you know, things that are processed, there is no chi, there's no energy inside of those foods. The chi comes from fruits, vegetables, things that are alive, things that grow in the dirt, things that come off of a tree. And the sooner that you can harvest it, the more chi energy you receive from those things. And so that class was a huge eye opener for me. I really had no idea. I was not a big fruit and vegetable eater. I was more of a McDonald's, Subway, Pizza Hut kind of girl. And it really was a huge awakening for me. I ended up doing a um, detox at the time and the detox kind of reiterated everything that Dave had taught us. And then we had another class with this fabulous teacher, Dr. Robin. She taught us kinesiology. And at the end of class, she was giving us assessments. And just by touching my fingers and like poking my body, she started giving me this laundry list of all the things that were wrong with me. She told me that I had PCOS, a slight urinary tract infection. My right hip was out. My knee was out. Like, and I just kind of like laid on the table, jaw dropped. I couldn't believe the 
things that this woman was saying to me. And of course, when she was done with her assessment, I went to my computer, I went to Google and I started Googling, what is PCOS? I had never heard of that before. I was, you know, 26, seven, eight at the time. And I had never heard PCOS before. And what that is, is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I literally had every single symptom, every single symptom I had. And what was interesting is that I suffered with really bad periods from the age of 12 years old and not one doctor had ever diagnosed me with this, but I had been on birth control and all this stuff for my entire life up until that point, except for when I got pregnant, obviously, because that happened as an oops. And so I ended up going to her office and in her office, she had all of these little vials and on the little vials, it was like gluten, dairy, soy, corn, all the things, all the top allergens that people are allergic to. And she turned to me and she said, you're sensitive to all these things. And I was like, no way. And she was like, yeah, way. And I'm like, no way. My ex's dad has celiac disease and I'm nothing like that. I don't feel, you know, food doesn't make me sick, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, you actually feel like shit all of the time. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and, and I, like, as soon as she said those words to me, she's like, because you feel like shit all the time, you think that it's normal to feel this way. And it just started to click and the download started. And I was like, huh, isn't that interesting? Right. Because I had aches and pains in my body and, and I didn't feel good and I didn't look good. And she was like, do you have constipation diarrhea? I said, yeah. She's like, well, that's not normal. You're not supposed to be constipated one day and have diarrhea the next day. And it just started started to make sense to me, but I still was a non-believer. I wanted to prove her wrong because that was kind of my MO. I, I like to do things to prove people wrong instead of proving them right. And so that first week I decided to cut out gluten. I cut out gluten 75%. And that following weekend I went to Miami and I thought as, oh no, that following weekend was Easter Sunday. And I went to my ex's house for Easter Sunday and I ended up having banana cream pie. Great. The following week, I actually cut out gluten for the entire week, not dairy, corn, soy, all the other things. It was so overwhelming for me because you have to understand I went from eating McDonald's and pizza every day to now I have to cut all the stuff out, right? Like I didn't even know how to cook a vegetable, let alone what vegetables were. So the second week I cut out gluten hundred percent. We went to Miami, I went to dinner and I decided to get myself a bowl of pasta with vegetables as a treat. Like, oh, I did so good this week. Let me get a bowl of pasta. And so so that bowl of pasta sent me to the toilet for probably three hours. I literally sat on the toilet and was like, oh my God, I think she might be right. And then I ended up meeting Ben Lover, my husband now, like three days later after I decided to go gluten-free. And I remember, you know, when we first started dating, I had said to him, like, listen, if you're going to date me, like you cannot eat gluten in front of me. Like I do not have willpower. I am not strong enough, right? Like I was still heavy set. I still was having a hard time struggling. Luckily, Ben Lover was the produce guy. And so he went, one of the first gifts he ever bought me was a Vitamixer that I still have to this day. And this is 12 years later. And so I started doing things like juicing and making shakes and smoothies. And, you know, when I cut out the gluten, it was really hard for me at first. And I'm sure people listening to this are, you know, whenever I talk to somebody about cutting gluten out of their life, they look at me like I have 25 heads because we focus on what we can't eat instead of focusing on what we can eat, right? So that was the thing for me is that I was always in lack. And so in the lack 
energy, we're going to focus on what we can't have instead of focusing on what we can have. And over the years, it turned into a game, right? So in the beginning, I went gluten-free first. Within 60 days, my entire life, my entire body, my entire persona changed. Everything started to shift. I had anxiety, panic attacks, depression. I suffered with all of that for most of my life. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I started to feel good. I felt good in my body. My body was responding so well to being gluten-free and the weight just started to pour off of me after a certain point. Like that two month marker was the huge marker in, in going gluten-free. You know, a lot of my patients over the years would, would try to go gluten-free for two, three weeks. And then they would come back to me and be like, well, this isn't working. Yeah. Because it takes at least 60 days to 90 days for your gut to heal. So 70% of our immune system lives in our gut. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to heal the gut. And so in the beginning, if you're eating gluten once a week, you know, cause I, it's a lot of people say that to me, well, I don't really eat gluten. And I'm like, okay, but really not eating it is the same as eating it every day, right? If you're eating it once a week, you might as well just eat it every day because your gut needs time to heal itself and to regenerate itself, right? Because it's just like, like the skin, right? Our skin sheds, it regenerates itself because there's a microbial on the skin. The gut has a microbiome to it, right? So we need to heal the gut. And so I went gluten-free until I had my second son. And during that pregnancy, I did really well. I did not eat any gluten for at least five months. And then we went on vacation to Aruba and I had filet mignon and shrimp in front of me. And I was so upset. And <laughs> Benjamin Lover turns to me and says, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just want to eat the roll from the bread basket. And he's like, eat the damn roll. And so I went off the wagon for a little while at the end of my pregnancy and I ate all the gluten. And after I had Brady, I cut the gluten and within a couple of weeks, I dropped like 20 pounds and then the scale would not budge. I could not lose another pound for the life of me. And I didn't understand why. And so at the time I was following um, Wheat Belly. It's a book, Wheat Belly on Facebook. And Wheat Belly said, if you've cut out gluten and you haven't cut out dairy and you're not losing weight, you have to cut out the dairy. So I started reading labels and I realized that not only was I consuming a ton of dairy, right? Because when people were like, oh, Brady, rewind, Brady had colic really bad. And so a lot of people were saying to me, you have to cut out dairy, you have to cut out dairy. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't really eat dairy, right? This is what people say to me all the time. I don't really eat dairy, just a little milk in my coffee every day. So it's the same thing as the gluten, right? Like if, if that's the only dairy you're consuming, but your body is sensitive to dairy, you might as well be eating an entire cheese pizza because that's the same effect that it's doing having that little bit of milk in your coffee every day. And so I started really reading labels and I realized, oh my God, a lot of stuff had dairy in it that I didn't even realize had dairy in it. And dairy is also hidden in other words, like whey, right? Like there's other ingredients that encompass dairy. And so what I also realized was not only was I consuming a lot of dairy, I was consuming a lot of corn products. So when I went gluten-free, I ended up giving myself an almond sensitivity because at the time, we're going back 12 years, there wasn't a lot of gluten-free stuff, right? So everything was almond milk, almond butter, almond flour, almond, almond, almond. And next thing I knew, every time I was eating almonds, I was blowing up. Like literally I was having like a reaction to it. And so I realized that a lot of stuff had corn. 
corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, um, corn starch, corn fibers. And so not only did I cut out dairy, I also cut out corn. And within two weeks, I lost eight pounds. It was like mind blowing. And so I realized at the time that Dr. Robin, right, when she told me all those years ago that I was sensitive to all the things, I just wasn't ready to accept all of that. So at this point, I was ready to accept it. I cut all of the things out of my life, right? And the weight started to drop off of me. And so the food thing has been like an interesting thing for me over the years. Um, the reason why I found out that I had the almond sensitivity, besides for the obvious of like me eating it and reacting to it, I had taken a sensitivity test and the sensitivity test not only showed up as almonds, it was mango, olive oil, garlic, lemon, and something else. I forget. So try being gluten-free and being sensitive to olive oil and garlic, right? And I remember going to a Greek restaurant one night and I showed up with grapeseed oil and I asked them if they can cook my food with grapeseed oil. And by the way, now I don't even use grapeseed oil because it's not good in high heat. Even the ones that say that they're good in high heat, you really should be cooking with avocado oil. So it's like the awakening process is a process that happens time and time and time again. Like just because you've awoken like to something doesn't mean that you're completely awake. You're going to keep learning and you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep evolving and it's going to keep shifting and changing and shifting and changing because the more we know, right? Like the more you know, the more that you're able to make these changes. And don't get me wrong, it gets to a point where you can go a little fucking batty, right? Because it's like, Jesus, like what else am I supposed to cut out? Like I'm barely eating. But again, we go back to that fact of, do we focus on the lack or do we focus on the abundance? Because if you've ever seen any of my reels or my events or my retreats or anything that I throw, I have an abundance of food in an abundance of array of foods, right? And nobody ever starves or complains that they're hungry at any one of my things because it's been a game for me. Oh, it was vanilla. Vanilla was the, the last thing that I was sensitive to. And so at that time, I was eating a lot of bars. For anybody that remembers when I had my um, office in Park Ridge, I used to have like this little setup of food and fruit because I like when people eat and, and are healthy and, and are not hungry because I get hangry, so I don't like being hangry. And I used to always have bars because I really liked eating bars. And what I realized is the bars had a lot of vanilla, soy, and a lot of the ingredients that I wasn't allowed to eat. So it, it turned into a game for me, right? With each time that I was told to eliminate something, it would turn into a game. Like what kind of products can I find that will satisfy my hunger and my need and my urges and not keep me feeling like I'm in lack. And by the way, for those of you that live by Sprouts Supermarket, Sprouts has some of the best gluten-free, dairy-free stuff I've ever seen. Like if you are an ice cream fan, which I'm not really an ice cream fan, I could really live without ice cream, but when we go on vacation and there's a Sprouts, they have these gluten-free, dairy-free, I think they're called the Joyful Llama or something. And their cones with ice cream, oh, they're so freaking good. So the food awakening is one that I really invite you to start exploring, especially now what we're living through in our society, right? With inflation and all the things like today, I paid $9.98 for a dozen eggs and I bought three dozen because they're running out. 
And so something that I read for those of you that have gotten the mRNA thingy, we don't want to get censored here. Um, what I'm reading is that eggs do not allow the spike protein to stick to your DNA. So I think that's why they're making eggs so not accessible because they don't want people consuming eggs, which is really freaking crazy. But there's so many things to learn about food and like oils, oils go rancid, like olive oil, vegetable oil. You should never cook with vegetable oil, right? When you eat out, they're using like the cheapest stuff that they could possibly use. And so a lot of times the reason why you're overweight or the reason why you have aches and pains in the body or the reason why things are going wrong in your life is because we're consuming the wrong foods because 70% of our immune system lives in our gut. So think about that. If like, and, and, just because something is good for you doesn't mean that it's good for you, right? It's like avocados. Like somebody that works for me is allergic to avocados. Avocados are so good for you, but she's allergic to them. So they're deadly to her, right? So sometimes we think that we're eating something because it's so healthy for us, but we don't realize that it's really not that good for us. And so how do you find these things out? You have to start doing elimination diets and sticking to fruits, vegetables, protein, and eating one protein protein at a time and, and switching every day. Like, so if you're eating chicken today, don't eat chicken tomorrow, have beef tomorrow. If you're having beef tomorrow, don't eat beef, you know, the next day, eat tuna the next day. If you're eating tuna, then the next day eat some, right? So we have to change the things up so that we see and start to separate and can actually feel in your body like, oh, I don't feel so good after I ate that, or I got tired after I ate that, or my stomach hurt after I ate that. And so you can really start self-diagnosing yourself. All of the tests that are out there, the sensitivity tests, like for years, I, I drove myself batty trying to do all that stuff. Like imagine I went through a time in my life where I didn't eat olive oil, garlic, or lemon. Thank goodness I brought all that back into my life now. But the thing with sensitivities, quote unquote sensitivities, is that you're if you cut it out for so long and you start to reintroduce it back into your body, your body is able to handle that, right? And sometimes, not all the time, but a lot of the times your body will be able to handle that better. And so before I did, I got married, I did paleo AIP and AIP is for autoimmune protocol. And so in that, you cut out all the things, you cut out grains, you cut out legumes, you cut out um, beans, you cut out all the things that are inflammatory, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, right? Like you would never think that those things would affect you in a negative way, but they do, especially for those of you that have aches and pains and inflammation in your body. They're really not good for you. So I hope that this was eye-opening for you. This is a topic I can talk about all day long. So if you're watching and you have a show or you know somebody that has a show, I would love to be on that show to talk about all these things because I think it's important. And especially with what we're living through right now, like, you know, if you're not eating organic meat, organic meat is so important. Like when I first entered into the world of acupuncture, like I wasn't really sold on organic because even with organic, they still spray, like they still have processes that aren't like, you know, whatever. So to go out and have to pay a premium for that, I don't think is always worth it, but for certain things, it's a hundred percent worth it. Like meat, 10,000%, because if you're not eating organic meat, you're animals are being treated with vaccines and with antibiotics and with hormones, and then it's reacting to your body. 
the products that you use on your skin, it takes 10 seconds for the skin to penetrate and stuff to go into your bloodstream. So if you're using stuff like, you know, Bath and Body Works or anything with fragrance or smelly stuff, or, um, you know, I rep a company called Pure Haven. If you go to my website, www.purehaven, P-U-R-E-H-A-V-E-N slash Shilamita, S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A, there is a tab and it's ingredients you should know, something like that. Take a look at that tab and then go into your bathroom and take a look at what's in your bathroom because they say that a woman is exposed to 180 chemicals before she even leaves her bathroom in the morning. Can you imagine 180 chemicals before you even leave your bathroom in the morning? It's mind blowing. And so you're going to say to me, well, I'm fine. I've been using this stuff my whole life. Well, you're fine until you're not fine, right? Just like me, like when I was told that I was sensitive to gluten, like I didn't believe it, but I was overweight my whole entire life until I cut the gluten, right? And then all of a sudden my body was like processing better. And so we focus on the wrong things and we think that because we've been doing things our whole life that they're going to be okay. But one in two, we're going to have cancer. One in two. Let me repeat that because that's a really freaking scary statistic. And then it goes like poison after poison after poison to try to get the poison out of your body. So we don't even want to do that. So the sooner we can clean up your diet, your products, your mindset, all the things, then your body is in a homeostasis where it's actually able to heal itself and provide the things that you need. So I Thank you for joining me today. I love doing these shows for you guys. I love talking about all of the things that I know. The wisdom runs deep. There are so many awakenings. If you're just catching this for the very first time, go back, check out the other shows from this month. Every single one of my guests has been a part of some kind of awakening for me. And there is just so much to learn and to absorb and to expand and know. And I hope that you are enjoying all of this as much as I do. For those of you that are new to my world, welcome. You can find me all over social media by spelling my first name correctly, Shilamita. I am on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita. I am also at Goddess of Gratitude with underscores between the before and after the of. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast channel, you can also watch it on my YouTube channel at 50 Shades of Shilamita. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the places. You can find me on Pinterest. I am the Pinterest queen. I love being on Pinterest. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me all over the internet. My website is www.shilamita.com. I hope that you guys have the most incredible week, the most incredible day, the most incredible life. I hope that all of your dreams come true. It is my greatest desire for everybody to find heaven on earth and to live out this life as healthy and as happy as they possibly can, because that is the reason why we are here. And I feel like part of my mission is to help people to awaken to that. If you are suffering, if you are miserable, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you have any kind of disease, if you are not in a good state of mind, just know that you have the capability of changing that. As you heard today, I used to be 250 pounds. I used to be depressed. I used to have a really hard life. I used to think that love wasn't for me. And now I'm so incredibly in love. I have the most incredible family of all time. 
and you can change it around, but it has to come from you. Nobody's going to be able to do that for you. I love you. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you soon. Bye.